You're listening to the Weekly Sermon Podcast from Liberty Family Church. For more information about our church, head to the website, libertyfamilychurch.net.au. All of Jerusalem have been head-scratching. What have I missed? asks the man. I'd love to know. Please tell if you can. It's about a man called Jesus, and we thought he was coming to rescue God's people and send the Romans off running. He did, and he said loads of cool stuff from a place up north called Nazareth. He told great stories and healed the sick. He knew people by name and what made them tick. Oh, remember that wedding? He turned water to wine, brought his friend back to life, and his friend felt just fine. He was sharing and caring, just ask his friend Pete. He walked on the water with only his feet. He said shush to the storm and the storm was hushed. He did a miracle with bread and thousands were stuffed. Besides all this, his sermon up a hill had so many stories, super cool and brill. I can't believe it. What a big loss. A man so great who hung on a cross and on that cross, that's where he died. I feel so tied up in knots inside. And three days have passed, though it feels more like seventy, because now we've heard that his tomb is empty. <laughs> That's right, you heard me. His body is gone. But who'd take his body? He never did wrong. You seem confused and out of the picture. So let me show you what it says in the scripture. It was always the plan, right from the start, because Jesus loved you with all of his heart. He died on the cross, but rose from the tomb. He came back to life so you can live too. And as they were moving, and still head scratching, two of them stopped, but the third kept on marching. Uh, Hey, uh, don't go, please, the two say. The sun's gone to bed, so why don't you stay? Good point, says the third. Day has turned to night. I'll stop over with you two and then grab a bite. And as they sit down to eat, they close their eyes. He thanks God for the grub, then what a surprise! The two people stare and then rub their eyes. It's Jesus, not gone, but fully alive! And before they say seconds, there's more bread going round. Jesus just vanishes. He cannot be found. The two are left thinking, I'm really head-scratching. They'd just been with Jesus. Something big was happening. We must say we've seen Jesus, so tie up your shoes. Quick, to Jerusalem, there's no time to lose. All along it was Jesus, the very same one. They were searching the scriptures with God's precious son. It's the biggest story that's ever been told. About Jesus who's risen, it never gets old. The two met with Jesus in the most surprising way. They shared the story and we still share it today. What a fantastic video, hey? What a day it is today. I love celebrating the wonderful truth that Jesus died, but he's not dead. He's risen. He is alive. That is some seriously surprising, but some seriously good news, isn't it, kids? And thanks to the Bible Society of UK for being able to stream that too. Do you know what I really love about this video? What I really love about this video is the way 
that it focuses in. It, it, it goes right to this beautiful encounter that Jesus has with two disciples after his resurrection on the road to Emmaus. And here's what I really want to remind us of as we look at this story together on Easter Sunday. This account is not just in the Bible as a historical capturing what happened then, but this account is in the Bible to help us to better understand how Jesus wants to interact and be with people, interact and be with us today too. So as we open God's word together this morning, let's just take a moment to pray and, and really really pray that God would do that in our hearts. Whether we're seeking today, we don't know Jesus, maybe we're agnostic, maybe we've been dragged along here to church or we've been dragged along to watch in the lounge room at home, I don't know. Wherever you're at today, let's pray that God would do something in each of our hearts by his Holy Spirit this morning. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we just want to thank you that you are alive. Jesus is not dead, he is alive. And because he's alive, that means that we can interact with him, that we can know him, that we can enjoy him. And we pray today, God, that as we open up your word, as we reflect on this beautiful story, a story that so beautifully captures who Jesus is and his heart, we just pray, Lord, that you would speak powerfully to each of us and that we would have hearts that would be open to receive anything that you choose to give us today. So we pray, God, that you would guide me as I share, and would you be glorified, God, as we celebrate you this morning on Easter Sunday. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, seeing as we've just watched this excellent video, I'm not going to take us through all of Luke chapter 24 and, and drawing out everything from the Emmaus passage. Instead, what I want to do is I'll just draw out a few key scriptures as I highlight three particular truths around how Jesus desires to interact and be with people. Okay? So interact and be with us today. So here's the first. Jesus draws near to his disciples who were hurting and lost, and he draws near to those of us who are hurting and lost too. If you were to put yourself in those guys' shoes or probably sandals back in that time, you know, we just, it help, it's helpful to kind of think about where, what they'd be feeling, what they'd be doing and that sort of thing. We know that there's a man there called Cleopas and we know that by reading verse 18. It says it in Luke verse 18. And the other person doesn't have a name. Well, they do have a name, but they're not named. So people have said, well, is it... Is it like a husband and wife team? Could be. A couple of blokes walking along? Could be. The point is, it doesn't really matter. But there were two of them. One of them was called Cleopas, and he was there with a companion. And so these guys, are, they're walking along the road, and they're kind of reflecting on all these incredible things that have happened and all these sad things that have happened in the last few days. And as they're doing that, they're, they're feeling intense emotions. They're feeling deeply troubled. Luke, in Luke 24, verse 17, describes these two as looking sad, but that's not, I don't think that captures it enough. Other translations say that their faces are downcast. Kids, can you give me a 
Sad face, a really miserable face. Yeah, that's pretty miserable. Very good. But it's Easter Sunday, so put a happy face on. It's all right. These disciples, they're going along. They're looking glum. They are downcast. They're feeling unsure, and they're lost. All that they thought was going to come about through this amazing Jesus of Nazareth seems to have been brought to an end. And so what does Jesus do? What does Jesus do? He chooses to draw near and minister personally to these two disciples. Isn't that a really beautiful thing to do? Like, if you think about it, Jesus has just risen from the dead. He's popped out miraculously from the tomb. And what does he choose to be one of the first things that he does? To interact with two people who are really struggling, who he no doubt had some kind of relationship with. Like that is a beautiful picture of the compassionate heart of God, isn't it? You know, he could have, I don't know, like if I was Jesus, which is not a good idea to think about because I'm far from Jesus, but if I was Jesus, I would kind of think, well, what if I went to the MCG or something and in front of 80,000 on Easter Monday and like Geelong Hawthorne match and just say, here I am, I've risen from the dead. Wouldn't that be a more effective way of like getting the word out? No, Jesus, his heart of compassion is just that's central to who he is. And so he sees his disciples looking glum and he goes and shows himself to two precious people at just the right moment that they needed to meet with him. That's a beautiful picture of his heart of compassion. And here's the thing. This compassionate Jesus then is the same compassionate Jesus today who longs to draw near to anyone who is downcast or broken or hurting or lost, even right now. No matter how you're feeling, whether you're feeling lost, scared, unsure, a bit thrown by what's happening in the world and what has over the last few years, you're not alone, that's for sure. But Jesus wants to draw near and minister to you right where you're at today. Now, you might be thinking, and I've thought this in the past before I was a Christian too, you might think, well, I'm, I don't feel lost. Like, I'm kind of all right. I've, I've got a job. I can pay my bills. I've got a few friends. I've you know, live in the Yarra Valley. Like, what, what, what's there not to like? But the Bible says that if we don't actually know Jesus, we are desperately lost. Not just a little bit lost, but desperately lost. We're actually far from God. We can't come near to God and we will be separated from him forever. Don't shoot the messenger. That's just what the Bible says. That's the reality. And that I don't know, kids, that sounds like pretty bad news, doesn't it? Bad news. Well, here's the good news. Jesus' death on the cross made relationship with God possible. Jesus paid the price for our sins, for my sins, for your sins, and he opened the way for us to walk into and enjoy new life with Jesus. And the, how, how good was the accent in the video before? that what he said before was, was, was perfect. He died on the cross but rose from the tomb. He came back to life so you can live too. You know, he said it beautifully. And this, and this new life is not a boring kind 
of life. You know, sometimes I used to think when I was young, when I was lost, when I was doing all sorts of things and, you know, looking for meaning and purpose in all the wrong places, I thought the Christian life was a boring life. Like, why would I want to do that? Talk about taking away the joy of living. Like, why would I want to do that? Well, Jesus actually says in the Bible, in John 10.10, he said that this life is not a boring life at all. He said that he came that they, that's every single person on earth, that's you and me too, may have life and have it in abundance or abundantly. That means to the full, the best life ever. That's what Jesus is talking about. That's the kind of life that he's won for anyone who would choose to trust in him. So if you're with us today, here watching online, and you don't know this compassionate Jesus. You don't know Jesus as anything more than the figure that you saw when you used to go to Catholic Mass or something up on the cross, and that's your concept of Jesus. Can I encourage you today that Jesus is alive? Jesus is a person who you can actually know greater than any physical, earthly person that you know really, really well. Jesus is a person. He's a compassionate, present friend. And all you need to do to embrace that, to enjoy that, is to choose to open your heart to him and receive the forgiveness that he offers. And as we see in the Road to Emmaus account, his disciples walked with him for ages. He did all sorts of things with them, but it was actually God who opened their eyes to see him for who he is. And God longs to open your eyes to see Jesus for who he is too. So we need to, all we need to do is choose to respond and allow God to move in our hearts as he opens our eyes to who he really is. And Romans 10.9 explains how we are to ideally respond. It's as simple as this. This is what Paul writes. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Guaranteed. It's really as simple as that. If we do confess with our mouth, we acknowledge Jesus is Lord and we believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. We will be taken from our life, even if it's a good life, into incredible new life of being fully made fully human that in the fullness as God intended us always to be through relationship with him. That is pretty cool, I think. What about you kids? Sound good? Yeah. So if that's you today, if that's you today, and I'm talking to you kids, I'm talking to any of us bigger kids as well, this is, this is a moment we have. We can choose to respond to the reality of who Jesus is and we can choose to place our faith in and know the compassionate and present Jesus right now, today. Okay, so that's the first. Jesus draws near to his disciples and he draws near to those of us who are hurting today too. And here's the second. Jesus points his disciples to scripture and Jesus wants to point us to scripture too. This year as a church, we've been going through 
the Bible and discovering afresh, just getting excited all over again that the Bible is one big story that's all about Jesus. The Bible is God's story. And our kids, kids, what have you been doing in your Liberty Kids? Watching videos of God from the, the Jesus Storybook curriculum, haven't you? Um, kids, can anyone tell me, maybe you know this, Anna, what's the tagline? Like, it's called the Jesus Storybook Bible, but what's the little thing that they say afterwards? Do you know? Any idea? Maybe you can read it for me. Do you want to read it for me? What's it say here? Every story whispers his name. And this, that line there, every story, all of the Bible whispers Jesus' name, is what Jesus reminds his two troubled and confused disciples of when he meets with them on the road. Luke 24, 27 records what Jesus did. It says, And beginning with Moses and the prophets, He interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Does anyone know what Moses and the prophets are? Yeah, the Old Testament, the entirety of the Old Testament, all of the scriptures at that time. Because if you think about it, these guys are now in the New Testament But that wasn't recorded yet. That wasn't compiled at that point in time. So when Jesus unpacks the scriptures for them, he is talking about the Old Testament, all the prophecies, all the literature, all the wonderful, rich word of God. Jesus is showing how he is central to it all. And when he says that everything looks to him, not only is he talking about the scriptures that talk about a Messiah, or a saviour who will come to redeem or save Israel or anyone who trusts in God and people who love him, like that's clearly Jesus, isn't it? But he's also referring to how God has always, from the very beginning of time, treated his people with love, compassion and mercy despite their ongoing disobedience, despite their continual sin. And that is also looking forward to Jesus too. Jesus showed his disciples as he, as he led them through the scriptures, as he led them through the story of scripture, that he was not just, as Cleopas said in Luke 24, 19, he wasn't just a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. He wasn't merely a prophet. He wasn't just a, a good man. Jesus was showing them that he was God. He was showing them that he was the promised Messiah, the one who Israel was longing for, the one who would redeem Israel, and in actual fact, at that point in time, actually had redeemed Israel. And so this is why we have been taking our journey through God's story, and this is why, kids, we've been working our way through the Jesus Storybook Bible too, Because all of Scripture, it's all pointing to Jesus. Every little dot, every word, every every little story 
in each of the 66 books of the Bible are all saying something about our need for Jesus or pointing forward to Jesus or describing the character and the awesomeness and the wonder of Jesus Christ. All of Scripture, even the Old Testament, is good news for us because it's all pointing us to Jesus Christ. As a pastor from the US, Tom Hadzina says, the entire story of the Bible is about one person, one plan, one goal. That person is Jesus. That plan is redemption. The goal is the glory of God. I'm wondering today, friends, do you know what Jesus is actually like? Like, do you know what he's actually like? I've already given you one aspect of his character. I've said that he's compassionate. So you've got that one. But do you know personally what this Jesus is actually like? Do you know his heart? Do you know his character? Do you know how he treats and how he longs to treat people in this world? Do you know who he actually is? Because in our world, our society today, everyone has an idea of who Jesus is although some people don't even know who Jesus is genuinely in our world. But in our Western world, there are plenty of ideas around who Jesus is. But it's the Bible that reveals who he actually is. So my encouragement to you is this. Here's your challenge on Easter Sunday morning. I invite you to set aside five minutes for the next five days to actually open a Bible, and I reckon you could read in the Gospel of Luke. That's probably a good one. And just have a read to discover who Jesus is for yourself. Now, kids, if you're here and you're visiting and you don't have something that you can read, we've got some copies of this in the foyer, along with some more adult versions of the Bible. We invite you to take one with you as you go. And that goes for any... Any adults here as well? Or anyone watching online, if, if, you're, if you don't have a Bible and you want one, just shoot us a line, give us a call, we will get a Bible to you. But to know who Jesus is, we need to jump into God's word to understand his heart. That's what Jesus wants, to reveal himself to us, and he reveals himself through his word. So grab one before you leave. If you are a little bit more tech savvy, I know some people love apps on their devices, you can download what's called the Bible app. Just head to that website or on your particular store, you'll see that, and it's free, and you can get reading straight away and discover how the Bible's one big story that's all about Jesus. And hey, if you want to go deeper in your understanding of who Jesus is, what, it, what implications that has for my life, and just discover freedom in Christ that he offers to us, Uh, you're welcome to join us on Sundays as we continue our journey in God's story. And that goes for any kids as well as they continue to join, to go through their Jesus storybook in Liberty Kids. You'd be welcome to come along to that too. Okay, so that's the second. Jesus points his disciples to scripture to see who he really is. And Jesus wants to point us to scripture to see who he really is too. Here's the final point I want to share today. Jesus reveals himself to his disciples on their road journey. And Jesus will reveal himself to us 
as we walk on our road or life journey too. We chatted about the new abundant life that Jesus won for us earlier, didn't we? Well, the beautiful thing about new life with Jesus is that it's not a one-time experience. It's not like, you know, many things we can purchase or enjoy and it's, it's only a single use, like a rat, rat test, you know? Can't use it again and again and again. It's just a single use thing and then we throw it away. No one enjoys those, but bad example. But, you know, it's, it's not something, Jesus is not a one-time thing that kind of brings us temporary joy or, you know, a, a sense of, of warmth and, and, and companionship as we go about our life's journey. New life with Jesus is something that keeps on getting better and better and better. I'm not saying here that if you put your faith in Jesus, life is going to be an easy road. Not at all. But what I'm saying is that if you put your faith in Jesus, Jesus will be with you on any road you walk, whether the good, whether the mountaintop, whether the valley lows, just like my auntie who just passed away from cancer just last week. You know, she knew Jesus to be faithful. She knew Jesus to be compassionate. And she knew Jesus to the very end of her time on earth. And she knows Jesus now in fullness, in heaven, in his presence, even right now. So I'm not saying come to Jesus and life will be easy, but come to Jesus and life will be rich. That's what I'm saying. Kids, have you ever got a toy or something like this? Have you, have you ever had a toy that you've just been hanging out to get? This isn't my truck, although when Judy gets a new truck, I like to play with it probably more than him. But have you ever like really been hanging out for a new toy? Jeremy, you like my truck. <laughs> have you ever been hanging out, kids, to like get a new toy and you've like circled it in the magazines or you've seen an ad on TV? You know, don't think kids watch free-to-air TV anymore, do they? It's all catch-up. Anyway, have you seen a toy somehow, like in Kmart or something, and gone, man, that is what I want for my birthday? I'm sure you have. Sometimes we do this, don't we? We get a toy and then we, we open up the present and we're like, oh, this is so good. I'm going to use it every day. It's going to make my life so much better. And then what happens is after a while, we put it up on our shelf and we go to sleep. And then two days later, we might pick it up again and go, oh, yeah, uh, I don't know. This really isn't that interesting anymore. And we throw it away. And we just do away with it, don't we? And then all of a sudden, that thing that we thought was going to bring us so much joy and so much happiness and make our life complete isn't even a part of our life anymore. Kids, have we ever done that before? I'm sure that's something. Hey, maybe adults. Let's, let's talk to the big kids now. Have you been lured in by one of those ads that come up on your Facebook feed or, or something that you watch on free-to-air? Because we still watch free-to-air because we're old, yeah? Is that it? And you see this ad and you, you see this new device or this new iPad or this new phone and you think, ah, the lady in that ad looks so happy. Her life must be full, must be complete. I'm going to get myself one of those and then I will feel good. Then my life will be enriched. And then you buy that, you spend $2,000 on a new iPhone, and then the next day you realise it's exactly the same as your four-year-old iPhone with a few extra funky features, and you're super disappointed, and you keep using it because you spent $2,000 on it, but 
you are far from, you've realized that this shiny new gadget that was meant to revolutionize your life actually didn't and won't and never will. Well, here's the point in all of this. Relationship with Jesus is not like any of those things. Relationship with new life with Jesus is not like any of those things. When we receive Jesus, which the Bible says is God's greatest gift, Jesus is God's greatest gift, we never get sick of him. And do you know why that is? Do you know why that is? Because, whoop, where's my toy? I've thrown it all the way over here. Because unlike a toy that you, you know, you can know back to front, it's got three buttons, a shining light, this goes up and down and it goes along the ground, and you can know it back to front in pretty well 15 minutes, can't you? And maybe even get sick of after a few days, Jesus is a gift that can never be fully known. Every single day we spend time with Jesus, we discover more and more exciting things about him. Every day when we walk with Jesus, we grow and we get to know and enjoy him in deeper and deeper ways. Jesus is the gift that keeps on giving. And here's the beautiful thing. Because Jesus is compassionate and wants to be with us, like he's compassionate and he's passionate about wanting to be with us, he's there with us no matter what. He's there with us through the good times when life is easy and through the tough times, like for my Auntie Lois on her deathbed dying of cancer when life gets really hard. Whatever season it is that we walk on in life with Jesus, he's always there for us and he always gives us exactly what we need when we need it. He's that faithful. He's just that good. He's just that good. If we could have the welcome team come and hand out the elements now, that'd be fantastic. Friends, I don't know... I don't know where you're at in terms of your relationship with Jesus on this Easter Sunday. But, but I do know that God wants you to not only hear what I'm about to say, like audibly hear it and go, oh yeah, that's what he said. But he wants this for you, that you would know this truth deep down in your heart, deep down in your spirit. Jesus is not dead. He's alive. Jesus is not dead. He's alive. Jesus did die. Jesus did hang on a cross, the tree. His blood was shed. His body was horrifically broken as he died in our place. And Jesus did pay the ultimate price to deal with our sins once and for all. That's what these elements, you might have them in your hand or they're coming around for you now. That's what these elements remind us of. But Jesus didn't stay dead. Jesus didn't stay dead. He rose again to new life. And if we choose to place our faith in him, the choice is completely ours. He's not going to force us. He's not going to get our arm behind our back and, 
and force us to choose him. He wants, he wants us to choose him from our hearts. But if we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we can be saved. We will be saved and will be raised to enjoy new life with him. Has everyone got their communion elements now? That's okay. How about we just take a moment to, to pause and, and just reflect that because, simple thought, because Jesus rose to new life, we can rise to new life with him. Let's just reflect on that for one moment and then we'll eat and drink together.